Write fast and make a lot of money on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Writing Jobs, your number one resource for high-paying writing jobs. To join the thousands of other writers who have already been paid over $8 million so far, go to servenomaster.com backslash writing jobs. Are you tired of dealing with your boss? Do you feel underpaid and underappreciated? If you want to make it online, fire your boss and start living your retirement dreams now. Then you've come to the right place. Welcome to Serve No Master Podcast, where you'll learn how to open new revenue streams and make money while you sleep. Presented live from a tropical island in the South Pacific by best-selling author Jonathan Green. Now, here's your host. The phone rings. It's a friend of a friend with a business emergency. They have a new product coming out in just four days. They bought traffic, announced it to affiliates, invested tens of thousands of dollars in getting everything together. And their author left them high and dry. They tried to get a discount author, cut a few corners, and the product, it's garbage. The content, it's not worth it. They'll have a barrage of refunds if they try and release it. They'll lose a bunch of money. They'll destroy their business relationships with people who send them traffic, who send them customers. And they can't back out because when you cancel, you hurt your reputation as well. They're stuck against the wall. Four days. Jonathan, we heard you're the best. We heard you're fast. Can you write a book for us? Can you fix this? Can you save this? We'll triple your usual fee. We know you're the best. The ability to write fast opens up some amazing opportunities. Sometimes I get projects that for other people are emergency, but that I can write at my normal rate and I get paid that emergency fee. It's amazing and it's wonderful. The ability to write fast will give you more money in less time. Your time is the most precious, valuable, and wonderful resource you have. The last thing you want to do is waste it. At the end of your life, you're not going to get any extra time. Time is more valuable than money. I want you to be as efficient, as successful, and as quick as possible so that you can do amazing work, make amazing money, and get more time with your family. The faster you write, the more money you make, the faster you get paid. If I can help you with this episode, turn a two-hour job into a one-hour job, you can either double your income or have an extra hour of your life back. You get to choose. You have more power over your destiny. And control over your destiny, power over your life, power over what you spend your time doing, that's what I'm all about and that's what I want to give you. There's a dangerous trap called perfectionism that many writers that many people on projects fall into. We want everything to be so perfect before we show it to anyone that we never release anything. My blog is not perfect right now. I work on it all the time. I can tell you right now, I was looking at it today, I'm pretty proud of how it looks, but it's not finished. It's not 100% done. For me, it's maybe 90% done. There's still some things I want to change. I'm still working on figuring out the forum software. I've tried several different platforms. It's very difficult to get it perfect. Hard to find exactly the right setup that I want. I've been working on a little bit of my time, but I haven't invested huge amounts of time yet, but I want to get that done. Haven't finished tweaking all of the different products, every different thing about each course. I'm still tweaking some of the PDFs that come with lessons in my courses to make them better and better and better. The video training is perfect. The training itself is really wonderful. Now I want to keep adding in elements to make it better and better and better. If I let the desire to be a perfectionist stop me, I wouldn't have released this podcast. You wouldn't be hearing it right now. My book wouldn't be out yet, and I wouldn't have any posts on my blog. We can get caught up in the desire to be perfect, and it destroys us. Most perfectionists die in poverty. They never release anything. I know people that have written 13 novels and never shown them to anyone. I don't even know if that counts as writing a novel. I'm not sure you can say that if you've just written it and not showed it to anyone else. That's like a dream. I've had some amazing dreams. Do I get to say I'm a master dreamer? No one's ever seen him. No one knows if it's real. It's not real until you put it into reality. Don't let the desire to be a perfectionist destroy you. The 80-20 rule is very real. Always focus on efficiency. Always focus on getting the job done good enough to get paid. Good enough to give people what they need. 
There are some other authors I know that are amazing. They write as well as Hemingway. They're eloquent. They're so talented. And I can't write as good as them. But because I write fast, because I'm efficient, I make 10, 20, 30 times more money. I write 10, 20, 30 times faster. I have some friends who can write about 500 words a week. I can write 500 words in 10 or 20 minutes easily. Yesterday, I re-edited and rewrote an 8,000-word mini book that I wrote a year ago. I have a small book that I wrote very quickly a year and a half ago. I didn't put much effort into it. And I never really thought about it because it was a very small, low-priority project. I was working on this particular pen name this week, and I saw the book, and I realized it was not up to my standards. It was terrible. I was actually embarrassed by how bad it was. I don't know what happened, how I got distracted. I was overwhelmed at the time or something, but I released something that I'm not proud of. 8,000 words. I rewrote the entire book, 11,000 words, re-edited everything, and the new version is already live. I replaced the old version. I write fast, which means I can fix old problems quickly. Even when we do something that we're not proud of, we can fix it quickly and change things. We don't want to wait for everything to be perfect. If you wait for perfection, you'll never make any money. Even though I wasn't happy with it, it wasn't perfect, it did make money. It was out in the world making sales, and now I've fixed it. I've replaced it with something much, much, much better, and I did it in a single day. 11,000 words, and I rewrote almost every single word in the book to make it amazing. Your time is valuable, and the faster you can write, the more efficiently you can write, the less writer's block you run into, the fewer mistakes you make, the more of your time you get back and the more money you make. And that's what's important to me. That's what I care about. I want to share with you some of the key tools that I use to be very fast and very efficient. Some people are traditionalists. They'll only write on a typewriter. James Patterson writes on yellow legal paper. And that's amazing to me. He writes by hand all of his books and he puts out 50 or 100 books a year. He's so prolific. My hand would cramp like you wouldn't believe. Once we lock into a system, it's very hard as a writer to change the way we do things. Modern times call for modern tools. And I want to take you through the software tools and techniques I use as part of my workflow to ensure that I write as fast as possible. The faster I write, the more money I make. I only bring tools into my workflow that increase how fast I can write, increase my efficiency, or increase the quality of my product. I would never bring in a tool that slows me down. What's the point of that? These are the tools that I actually use. We've talked before about turning words, turning talking into writing. There's a previous podcast episode about it. There's an amazing blog post about it. You can simply talk into your phone or an app on your computer, record yourself talking, click a button, and it turns into text. There's amazing software tools. I use Dragon on my Mac, but it's kind of expensive. Mac also comes with some free software that does talk to text that's pretty good as well. You can talk, look in the word processor, and watch your words appear. With your phone, if you have a smartphone, iPhone, Android, whatever, they have all these amazing apps that will do everything. You talk into it, it turns it into text for you for free. You don't have to pay anything. They're free apps that do all the work for you. If you find typing tedious, if it takes too long for you, if it slows you down, then use your voice. Do whatever is faster and more efficient to get the job done. Your time is so valuable. In addition to these tools, you want to strategize your projects from the beginning correctly. For all of my initial outlining and designing of chapters and structure for videos or for book courses or anything I'm putting together, when I'm in that initial research and outlining phase, I use XMind or Omni Outliner. Mostly, I use XMind. It's a free piece of software, which means you should definitely grab it today. And I use it to create my outlines for almost everything. It's a mind mapping piece of software. That's why Mind is in the name. Again, it's called XMind. What's great about this software is that I can organize my thoughts in a circular fashion. I take all of my ideas and I can move them around. I often, when creating a video course especially, change the order as I come up with new ideas, as I decide to change the structure. When I flesh out my outlines, the order often changes. Sometimes I use Omni Outliner, probably 10% of the time. I used it most recently when planning a 30-day blog challenge that I'm going to be launching in the next few weeks, and I wanted something that was order of 1 to 30. 
When I need something really linear, that's when I use Omni Outliner. I don't remember what it costs because I haven't used it in so long, but I'll put a note in the show notes to let you know. I also then use Scrivener, which is my personal favorite tool. Scrivener is how I've written the majority of my books. It's how I create the majority of my products, and it's my favorite tool. The reason it helps me is that it allows me to structure my books piece by piece. It's very overwhelming when I'm looking at a Word document and knowing I need to generate 35,000 words in a few days. Scrivener allows me to chop it up and do one chunk at a time. It's such a simple difference, but it's so powerful. I use Scrivener for writing my email sequences. I use Scrivener for writing my sales video scripts. I use Scrivener for writing all of my products. Anything I do written goes through Scrivener first. The only thing I don't do in Scrivener is my blog posts, which I usually write inside of my website. I do those online. Otherwise, everything else I create, I do in Scrivener. It's the most powerful tool in my arsenal. I've written more than a million words inside of Scrivener and sold all of them. It's a really powerful tool. I like the way it allows me to structure my books. It lets me create folders and subfolders for each little section. I only have to focus on one tiny section at a time. I look at that one little section, I focus on that small goal, whether it's gonna be 500 words or 1,000 words, and then I can hit that goal and feel good about myself and move on to the next one. Scrivener does have one glaring weakness. The grammar and spell check in Scrivener is garbage. It's probably the worst spell check in the entire history of the internet. It's structured horribly. It doesn't catch almost any mistakes. I don't really understand why it's so bad, but I want you to know I don't even use it. When I have a book like Serve No Master, for example, the most recent book I wrote in Scrivener, it's divided into almost 180 small little files. Inside of Scrivener, I have about 15 folders, and each one has between 10 and 12 little mini sections. When I run the spell check in Scrivener, it only checks one at a time. I have to manually go to the next section and click spell check again. It doesn't work as far as process, and it doesn't work as far as actually finding mistakes. If I only depended on Scrivener Spellcheck, I'd be in big trouble. So I want you to know that's the one weakness. If it worked well, it would be perfect software, but it doesn't. To fill in that gap, I recently added Grammarly to my workflow. I only added Grammarly just before the launch of this podcast, right when I was launching my book. I actually first used Grammarly to edit Serve No Master and turn it into the masterpiece that it is now. It made a huge difference. Grammarly is so amazing. I have an entire review of the software on my website where I break down every different aspect that I use, whether or not you need the free or paid version. No matter what, you should be using at least the free version. The free version spell check is amazing and it's better than any other spell check I've ever used. It will make a huge difference. You don't necessarily need to upgrade to the paid version. Don't feel the pressure to do that. They'll give you all these messages like, oh, we have 150 advanced alerts that we can only show you if you have the paid version. Don't worry about that at first. Start with the free version. It's the best spell check. It's better than Word. It's better than any other spell check I've ever worked with, and it'll make a huge difference in the quality of your writing. Only if you're actually making money for your writing is it worth the upgrade because it's about $100 to $130 a year, depending on what promo they're running. I really don't think most people need to go to the paid version until it's profitable. Because I sell my words, it's very important to me, and I did upgrade to the paid version. I have an entire blog post with lots and lots of pictures where I explain each different aspect. I love the plagiarism check, which really helps me when people send me documents. It's a great way to make sure anyone writing for you is on the up and up and can protect you from an incident down the line. I recently was talking to someone who got into a lot of trouble with Amazon. They paid an outsourcer to write a book. They didn't check it, and it turned out parts of it were plagiarized. Amazon shut down their entire account. You can get into a lot of trouble Even if you say, oh, I didn't know it, it doesn't matter. It's your responsibility. Great tool, very powerful, great way to protect yourself. Another tool that I'm dabbling with right now is called Hemingway. Right now, last time I checked, Hemingway is about $10. So it's a really cheap piece of software. There's also uh, some free versions of it you can use. What's great about Hemingway is its simplicity. 
you can copy and paste in something you're working on. It will tell you if sentences are too long or too boring. Hemingway was known for revolutionizing the way people wrote in the early 1900s. He was the first author to write in a way that regular people could really understand and read. Before him, authors were so long-winded. It was all about being eloquent and using very complicated words. He was the first one to really focus on getting to the message and focusing on moving the story. I have a tendency to write really long sentences and put in phrases that I don't need and make my sentences too long. Grammarly catches a lot of my mistakes now. It's been helping me with that. So I'm not sure if I need Hemingway on top of Grammarly. But if you're writing fiction especially, it's worth checking out Hemingway. It's a great tool. It's very interesting. What it does, it will highlight your sentences and say, oh, too many sentences are too hard. There are also some tools out there that let you check the age or reading level of what you've written. I don't use those personally in my workflow, so I'm not going to recommend anything. The tools I really use every day, my workflow right now is Xmind to Scrivener to Grammarly. That's it. One, two, three. On the Outliner is an alternative if you prefer outlines to mind maps. And then Hemingway is an alternative you can test. Beyond software, now that you understand my basic workflow, the reason I write faster than everyone else and the way I write faster than everyone else is my research methodology. The great thing about researching well and understanding how to research is that you can then train other people to research. I only do about 20% of my own research now. I've created an entire research strategy. I've trained my assistant on it, and now she does a lot of the research on my behalf. She's able to take a lot of the material I send to her and break it down, and that saves me a huge amount of time. This is a great technique to master, and then you can teach it to other people because it doesn't require high-level thinking. You can give someone a list of books to go through, and they can pull out the most important parts. They can pull out the most important research. Just today, I found a new website that does really extensive polling. It's a company called Edison. They do massive polling to see which type of smartphones people use, how many people have smartphones, how often people listen to podcasts, how often people read books, how often people do social media. They come up with huge amounts of data. And what's great about a resource like that, you can use it in all of your products. You just do a reference and say, in a recent study, it turns out 70% of people listen to one podcast in the last week. Find original pieces of medical data and you can use them when you're creating your content. The more heavily you research, the easier it is to go through writing. Anyone working in nonfiction, article writing, book writing, anything in between, doing blog posts, you run into writer's block when you don't research properly. Some people research on the fly while they're writing and that's a terrible mistake that slows down your workflow. Your brain has two states. There's a state where you're receiving and a state where you're transmitting. Research is research happens when you're in a receptive state. That's when you're receiving information, absorbing data, collecting information. When you're writing, that's when you're in a transmission state. You're writing down information. You're projecting ideas. It's very hard to go back and forth. I discovered when I was younger, if I would listen to talk radio and then take off my headphones and meet people, it would be hard for me to switch to talking because I'm in a listening state of mind instead of a talking state of mind. Going back and forth will really slow down your process. So you want to over-research up front. Whenever I'm researching a topic, I start by looking for the top five to 10 books on Amazon on the topic. I start by looking at the top five direct response products on the topic. I look at their sales messages. I look at their tables of contents. Then I look at all the reviews that people have written, especially on Amazon. I look for the best reviews and the worst reviews. That will tell me what those books got right and what they're missing. The negative reviews show me the opportunity to say, oh, if I have this additional information, I can satisfy those one-star reviewers. When they read my book, I'll get a five-star. Beyond that, I then go and use Google Scholar. I love to have a lot of research and studies and specific references. Sometimes when I'm doing a Google search, it'll pull up a story. 
This happened the other day. I got sent to this article and it references a study. It doesn't give me a link to the study. It doesn't tell me the name of the study. These days, most bloggers and people that write, they're not good at referencing anymore. You can see an amateurness when they don't use the proper way to cite a study. I went to college and all the time when I did my master's, when I did my dissertation, you have to use a specific format for referencing. These days, I don't do that. I provide a link to the original study. Anytime I talk about a study, you can go and find the actual one. When I read that article, I'm not going to reference that. A lot of people do that. Don't fall into that pattern. That's amateur hour. That's what 90% of other bloggers do out there. And that's how bad information gets spread. Instead, I go to the original research article using Google Scholar. Usually those other sites will at least cite the names of the scientists and sometimes the name of the publication or the university they're from. I use those search terms to find the original study. And I just read the beginning summary and then their conclusions, their final answer at the end of the study. You only have to read a few paragraphs. Sometimes I discover that the interpretation that I saw on that initial blog or a news story does not match what the scientists actually said. Finding that original story, finding that level one piece of data ensures that my content is better than everyone else, ensures that I have the most up-to-date and accurate information. In my book, I talk about some tax information. I talk about how when you live abroad, you pay lower taxes. When I first started traveling outside of America, if you lived in a foreign country, you didn't have to pay taxes on the first $85,000 of your income. When I was working on my most recent book, I wrote down that statistic and I said, wait a minute, I wonder if that's still true. And in my initial search, I saw a bunch of blog posts, but I went and found the actual page on the IRS website to get the exact accurate number. And it turns out the number these days is more than $100,000. And the IRS website actually showed what the number will be for the next two or three years. The number increases based on inflation and some other factors. And that's very important to know when you're working on your taxes. If you pull up a blog post that I wrote three years ago or that someone else wrote three years ago, the number will be different because the number changes. Same with statistics, same with other numbers. You always want to try and go to that original source. This will really separate you from the rest of the crowd. I know this feels like it slows you down because it's an extra layer of research, but when you go to the writing phase, you'll write so much faster that you'll make up for this lost time. Plus, you'll have that confidence knowing my information is based on science. This is how you create superior content and create it fast. This is part of my process. Once I complete that research phase, once I have all of my research either in XMind or into Scrivener, as I'm copying and pasting some data, I copy and paste any information I want to use into the notes on Scrivener. I never copy it into the main part of the document. You never want to accidentally plagiarize anything. It's unforgivable, and the punishments are very severe if you get caught. You can get hit with a cease and desist. You can get kicked off of Amazon. You can get hit with a lawsuit. You want to avoid all of that. If you go to my blog, if you go to my website, you'll notice I don't have any stolen images from Google. Every single image is either a photograph that I took myself or it's a stock photo that I paid for. You want to be on the up and up with your business and treat it like a business and not cut corners. If you can't afford pictures, there's plenty of places where you can get Creative Commons photos, photos that are free that you're allowed to use anywhere else. Lots of people take photos that way and they love getting them out into the world. Sometimes you have to post an attribution or a link and sometimes you don't. But staying on the up and up, avoiding plagiarism, avoiding stealing data, photos, anything, is how you can protect yourself. Remember, we're starting a business here, not some fly-by-night, make-money, get-rich-quick scheme. That's not what we're doing here. When you follow your process in the correct order, deep research, and then go into the writing process, writing becomes very easy. The outline writes itself. When I'm creating an outline, I look at all the table of contents of five or ten competing products. I look at those important questions on forums where people talk about this topic. I look at what people say in the best and worst reviews of competing products. That tells me what people want to hear about. That helps me generate my table of contents, and then I fill it out by extending my research. Once you have a really deep and great table of contents, writing fast becomes easy. 
And the faster you write, the more money you make and the more time you get to spend with your family. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Serve No Master. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss another episode. We'll be back tomorrow with more tips and tactics on how to escape that rat race. Head over to servenomaster.com forward slash podcasts now for your chance to win a free copy of Jonathan's bestseller, Serve No Master. All you have to do is leave a five-star review of this podcast. See you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Serve No Master podcast. Email your questions to podcast at servenomaster.com and your question with my answer might appear in the next episode.